Bam 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 Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Probably, maybe. Yeah, we, we don't make Don't quote us on that. This is not <laughs> void where prohibited. I'm Lisa Linky. I'm Misty Stinnett. Oh, we sound like we're NPR. That's uh, and <laughs> I'm Cherry Glazier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're much we're we're much more funny than our intro. <laughs> This is a podcast where we review a popular self-help book each episode, and we talk about how we feel about it. Yeah. We may love it. We may not. Or as you'll hear on some episodes, (laughs) we may hate it, and y'all just will have to bear with us. Be along for the ride. But the whole point is that we're reading these so you don't have to. Or, in case you're um, intrigued, you might want to run out and buy like 10 copies. Yeah, because I I know that I hear about a book. I get so many book recommendations, Mm -hmm. and I get very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with like, okay, well, how do I weed through these or figure out the ones I actually want to read or don't? And I so wish that this existed for so many more books. Yeah, and maybe you just want to hear the highlights. This no. is this is <gasps> the highlights magazine for adults <gasps> while you're waiting in the oh waiting my God. room of the doctor's office. BRB, we have to go re-record the intro to all of our other episodes. <laughs> highlights magazine. Highlights. So just before we started rolling, Lisa was telling me about something that she did earlier this week that is freaking fascinating. Can you tell us about how you raged? Thank you. True story. You told me to talk about it. You started talking about it. And I had a total complete blank. By the way, when I was saying that just now, I was looking at Lisa and she looked so caught. Just like, oh my God, what is she talking about? And I was eating these amazing, you guys had these power berries from Trader Joe's. They're so good. Giving me life. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice work on snacks today. Thank you. I you set the bar really high last I did. time. I did. We have um a charcuterie sort of spread. We here. do. We've got some prosciutto mm-hmm. and some grapes, mm-hmm. fig and olive crisps, alkalized water to uh <laughs> feel healthy after all the trash we put in our body. Unexpected <laughs> cheddar from Trader How Joe's. Is any of this trash. Oh, actually, cured meat is a type one carcinogen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Misty's face because I'm about to tell her that I don't eat red meat. I don't eat mammals. Oh, damn. I was wondering why. I was like, wow, there's so many slices of prosciutto in this Look, it's bag. delicious and I wish that I did. I actually am trying to be more plant-based. My doctor said it's better for me and I'd like it a lot, but... Um, it is a type I one just, carcinogen. I wanted to feel classy and I feel like prosciutto is Look, a classy great. thing. Look, it's great. There's nothing I love more than prosciutto on cantaloupe. But I've learned that baby animals that are cute taste delicious it's a problem and so by deductive reasoning i know or the transitive property one of those two the cutest baby animal that would taste the best is a baby human that's science yeah so i feel like if i'm not going to eat a baby human why would i eat a baby (laughs) calf or a baby pig i know and i feel like if i ever felt I ever held a baby lamb in my arms, I'd be like, this is my best friend and we love each other forever. And then I couldn't. I know with a little mint sauce on the side. Yeah. Anyway. Listen, this is why. I don't eat mammals. This is why we are uh, trying to help ourselves. We are because we (laughs) need help. All the help in the world. Um, 
Okay, so, so tell us about rage, raging. Raging. I'm sorry, I just took you on a very long. I love it. I forgot. I'm into it. <laughs> I forgot no, about I'm, it again. <laughs> we're okay, we're guys, tired. So there's this thing called Rage Ground, <laughs> L.A., and there may be other rage places. And anytime somebody hears about it, they'll be like, "I had that idea for a business." And they get mad that they didn't do it. Well, you didn't start it, and you didn't start it first. So take blame. And yeah, that's right. Take responsibility for so, yourself. Um, I found out about it, and <laughs> this is going to sound so Hollywood. I was at a gifting suite. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Guys, I have to go. I'm leaving. This is fucking dumb. I was she at a just gifting got suite, and they were one of the stalls, and I got to like and break the a keyboard. Were so happy, <laughs> not at all. I got to break a keyboard and like a plate, and I loved it. And they were like, "We're downtown." So my best friend Sarah was coming in town, and because um, I have been under a significant amount of stress over the past sure. couple months, yeah. And so she came in town without her baby or her husband. And so her baby, P.S., is four, but it's a baby to me. And she... Um, <laughs> it probably tastes delicious. <laughs> Scouty would taste very delicious. Um, <laughs> she's so cute. Uh, so she came in town and she was like, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to rage uh-huh. and we're going to get massages. And both of these things really helped with my stress level. Yeah. They, it sounds surprisingly relaxed. Oh, my God. But Friday night... We went to Rage Ground and we bought 10 minutes worth. And when I say we, she, because she treated me because she's a ten, dream. 10 minutes worth of what? Raging and breaking shit. So you buy packages of like 12 shot glasses and four vases and, you know, stuff. And we and, and you buy the amount of time you want. And we added on a printer and a mirror when we got oh my there. God. And I am just going to play this, Savs. You can tell me if this this goes. Um, well, t- tell us about what you do when you get there. So when you so. get there, you put on like coveralls and you um, <laughs> you put and, like, on face protection. You put on like latex gloves and big heavy leather gloves, and you put on face protection masks. <laughs> and like then they put you in this room with like this heavy metal is playing, and then they have like bats and metal pipes, <laughs> and you just start. Breaking shit. Oh and this God. is me at my first break. So here, let's see if this is. Ready? Uh-huh. Ready? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I did scream before and after. That was and afterwards, Sarah, Sarah goes, it never occurred to me to scream before. <laughs> I was so mad. I just beat the crap out of a vase with a metal pipe. And it felt amazing. It felt so good. We were only in there 10 minutes. And as we took off every, uh, all the coveralls and stuff and we were in the car on the ride home, we were both like so relaxed. And our jaw yeah. was like hanging off of our face. Yeah. It was really nice. That this I feel like this is like only in LA. Does this exist? I'm pretty sure it exists other places. I'm pretty sure any any of you listeners, if you're out there, <laughs> go rage. Just go to the the uh, thrift store down the road. <laughs> no, well, get a bunch of those well, old vases. Like, put on some safety goggles. You didn't have to clean it up. That's cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it was really nice because I we were talking to the woman who was checking us in, and we were both like, so. uh you get a lot of ladies in here recently. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, we get a lot of women, you know, with uh, the situation. We oh, like, my God. Just in general. And we were like, oh, yeah, we get it. We get oh, it. Oh, no. You don't even have to define nope. which situation nope. it and is. And we were just like, you should name a package called The Situation. And it's just for women. <laughs> and buy that package. Wait, I'm really curious to know, like, when the full moon comes up or <sighs> the tide comes in. Or, like, how does that? I don't know. But they have. So you can buy parties. They have a mobile oh tent that my. goes. Like, a mobile tent. It's it's incredible. Mobile I, I, I can't recommend it enough. It really was so nice <laughs> to just get that out. I mean, we had intentions on specific things. We named things. Uh-huh. We had visualizations of people on things. It was great. 
Oh my God. It sounds like a really mindful, um, it was nonviolent, violent situation. It was so mindful for me to like put a certain person's <laughs> face on a blue vase and then blast it into smithereens. I have to say, I'm now a little bit terrified of Lisa because she showed us a, a slow-mo video of, of... I had great aim. Uh, no, it was like the most powerful, like purposeful shot Do you know what to Sarah this blue said? vase. After she goes... I feel like you looked really natural doing that. Like yeah. you would be fine in the zombie apocalypse. And when, I was like, I've always felt that way, but I appreciate that. Harkening back to uh, a self-help book that we reviewed recently, The Big Leap, <laughs> would you say raging is in your zone of genius? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Physically raging and like verbally raging on somebody. <laughs> I am adept. Okay. I was called to do it. Okay. <laughs> So rage. Rage if you can. Right. And okay. then the next day we got massages. So like it all balanced out. Yeah. I feel like that's really good I did find, we, we did notice Sarah was like completely relaxed and like ready to almost nap. And I was like energized, activated. I was like. After the massage or the, the raging? Rage. I was like relaxed, but activated and like alert and aware. So I'm just saying if there is a zombie apocalypse, find me, girl. Find me. That's right. Oh, yeah, you'll be ready. I'll be with the metal pipe you'll and be the like, go bag, and I'll be ready. I've always been meant to do this. I will knock <laughs> zombies' heads straight clean <laughs> off their bodies and be like, ah! Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> this is another edition of How to help yourself. Go help yourself. Go help yourself. And yes, that is meant to be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Why don't you go help yourself, Misty? Why don't you go help yourself? Misty, how did you help yourself this week? Oh, I'm eating a lot of cheese. Cool. Was there cool. a book that you read? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, okay. So I can't remember. Okay. I have decided to do, uh, in the spirit of New Year's resolutions yes. and like starting fresh yes. and like spring cleaning, even yes. though it's not spring. Yes. Um, I have decided to do The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up Congrats. by Marie Kondo. And remind me what you said to me when I told you I was going to do this book. I said, oh, I fucking hate that book. And I said, I call it The Life-Changing Magic of Putting Your Shit in Bags and Making Somebody Else Deal With It. Yeah, right. But you've never read it before, right? No. Okay, great. So let's dive in. <laughs> okay. Um, so I will say, let me just put this preface. Yeah. It was written by a woman who mm -hmm. is Japanese. Yeah. And it is written for the context of the culture of Japan, where trash is, they, they do not like to create a lot of waste and trash. So actually, I would disagree. Oh. I would disagree because she talks a lot in this book about how her clients got rid of 30 bags of garbage and the thing. And like, you can't think of this as wasteful. You have to think of, we'll get into all of that. Great. Um, so I would just say, like, I don't know what you've heard about the book, but set your preconceived notions aside. I'm doing that right and now. And let's dive in. Um, okay, so this is a huge New York Times bestseller. Yeah, everybody does it. Not everybody does it. I think everybody reads it. Okay. I'll say that. A lot of people have read it, but this is some intense shit we Great. are about to get into. Great. So the full title is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing by Marie Kondo. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the author first, because mm -hmm. I always like to know, like, why should I take advice from this person? Sure, sure, sure. So according to her website, which is KonMari.com, that's mm -hmm. K-O-N-M-A-R-I.com, it's just her first and last name arranged in in a different way, mm -hmm, which she says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, quote, enchanted with organizing since her childhood, 
Marie began her tidying consultant business as a 19-year-old university student in Tokyo. Today, Marie is a renowned tidying expert helping people around the world to transform their cluttered homes into spaces of serenity and inspiration. In her number one New York Times bestselling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Marie took to took tidying to a whole new level, teaching you that if you properly simplify and organize your home once, you'll never have to do it again. That's right. I said never. Has she met an American? Yes. We I'm live sure on consumers. L- yes. <laughs> uh, capitalism, hashtag, uh, buy before you die. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marie has been featured on more than 50 major Japanese television and radio programs, Ooh. as well as in Time Magazine, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, The London Times, Vogue Magazine, The Ellen Show, The Rachel Ray Show, and many more. I get it. She's famous. She has also been listed as one of Time Magazine's 100 most influential people. So, end quote. Uh, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. She is 33 years old. Oh, okay. Bye. That's Bye. all. It's I over. Die. I'm done. Bye. Goodbye. I die. Goodbye. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, this has been, this has sold millions of copies. It's been translated into a ton of languages, uh, published in more than 30 countries, and it was first published in the U.S. in 2014. So if you haven't read it yet, don't feel bad. It's relatively new to the U.S. market. You've um, definitely heard of it. Though. Yeah. And she is now a full-blown lifestyle brand. Right? Which, honestly, these days, like, if this podcast takes off, I'm fucking selling plates and coals. But, like, it's not her being a lifestyle brand antithetical to what her book is about? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I kind of, like, poked around her website a little bit. And there are some... We'll talk about how she feels about storage, but there are certain things where it's like her whole thing is only have things around you that bring you joy. joy. Mm-hmm. So I think she's trying to create some things that you can have in your home that bring you joy. I, mean, I don't you know. Have, I did. If I you've spent, done my book, you have things that bring you joy. Right. Would you buy something else that brings you joy? That's right. So would you get rid of a bunch of other things mm-hmm. that don't? That previously do brought you joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made by someone else. Um, yeah. So I did my due diligence and spent about 60 seconds on the website Thank you. <laughs> seeing what was there. Thank so, you. Um, so my first impression of this book, it's small. It's not. It's not as big as a normal well, novel. It should not take up a lot of space. That is correct. <laughs> Could you imagine if it was just like an Encyclopedia Atlas. Britannica? <laughs> the life-changing magic of tidying up in four thousand or less Thank pages. You. Thank you. Um, it's it's a, it's a really pretty book. It's like a soothing sort of abstract watercolor mm. painting of like oh. clouds and blues and greens. Mm, you too so can nice. have a serene home. Yeah, super short, easy read. Great. It's a very pretty book. It's not ostentatious. I actually think it would make a great gift. It was gifted to me and then I re-gifted it to someone else. My favorite thing. Question. Yeah. How did you feel somebody giving you a book about decluttering? Oh, so actually it was more like I I uh, invited the person to give it to me because I was like oh this book what did you think about this book and she was like you can have it and Mm -hmm. I was like thanks and I I, you know I said do you want this back she said just just send it on to someone else she said yeah no because I'm supposed to do what it says and not keep things that don't bring me joy that's right that's right um no because I okay so yeah so what I would say it's funny that you say that so um you you want to be careful about who you give this book to because you don't want to be like hi I think you're a slob you're a hoarder you're a hoarder you belong on A&E go Fuck yourself and your way of life. Yeah. Enjoy this small, passive-aggressive token of my non-affection. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's only it's only 224 pages, but again, it is like this, you know, five inches tall by four inches. It's a small book. So, it's a you know, square. it's a small book. So really I think it's probably like 150 pages if it's the size of a standard novel. Sure. You can sit down and read this in an afternoon, I think. Right. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to get right into it. Hit me, baby. Are you ready? Hit me, baby. One, one more time. time. My lonely mouth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany, for your service. Thank you. Okay, so in the intro, she immediately gets to my heart of darkness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm familiar. Go right ahead. Which is something called the rebound effect. So she asks, like, do you tidy madly only to find that your home or workspace is, like, pretty much instantly cluttered again? Or do you feel like you are moving, like, are you just shuffling around piles? Sure. Like, a lot of times I'll be like, oh, yeah, there's this stack of mail I still have to get through, but someone's coming over, but I've opened it. I need to not lose track. Like, I'm going to tidy everything and, like, set it in my room and whatever, put my shoes away. And then it's like, but I feel like then I'm just, like, shifting piles around. Oh, so not really tidying, just shoving clutter different places. Well, I always feel like, oh, no, everything's tidy and it's got its little place and everything's fine, but it just shows back up. When like two days later, I'm like, how do I well, have I mean, to completely clean the living room? I again? would like to take a moment and say thank you, USPS, for delivering six days a week in That's any weather. Right. That's right. In Amazon.com, you are putting USPS out of business. You are evil and so <laughs> fucking no, great. But you know what I mean? Like, yes, I understand what you're saying. And also, right. yes, yeah. our home is not a, a stagnant thing. Yeah. Things are going to come in and go out. Well, it's it's not even about that. I I don't know. Like, I will get my house feeling spotless. Yes. And then the next afternoon, I'm like, how does this look like a wreck? Like, literally, what Got have it. I done in the last 24 hours to make it look like this? So, um, so that really resonated with me. So she says that to avoid this, that's called rebound effect. Mm-hmm. To avoid this and tidy up once and for all, you must start by discarding, then by organizing your entire house all at once in one go. Mm-hmm. All at once, mm-hmm. one fucking day for mm-hmm. your entire house. Part of my French, it's pronounced a fucking. Um, she, <laughs> yes, please don't ever um, insult me by pron- your incorrect pronunciation. In yeah, French. Thank wait, you. wait, wait, wait. Um, so she calls this the KonMari method. Sure. So that's just Her Marie name. Kondo shuffled around uh, the KonMari method, which. I wrote is just pieces of her first and last name put together. It really bothers me. It's fine. Uh, you can start a business and be an international best-selling author and do whatever the fuck you want. The link lease All method. All mad props. Yes, the link lease. That's it. The link lease method. Thank you. And you'd be the stinmist. The stinmist. <laughs> Yours would be a facial product. That for sounds sure. like a skin problem. I yes. got a skin mist. <sighs> skin mist. I can't beat it. I've had this antifungal well, cream. On. Let me tell you, <laughs> there's something going wrong in my e-commerce chain because I've got a link list. Right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I've got to get that popped. Um, so, <laughs> so here's where. So I have to tell you, Lisa, you specifically reading this book. You're going to be rolling your eyes about three Me? pages in. Never. No, 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 no. <laughs> Because, and I, I will say, there are so many good things to take away from this book. I, don't I overall doubt it. really like this book. Um, but she gets so intense sometimes. And obviously, she's trying to sell a product and a philosophy. Like intense, how? Like intense woo woo, oh, intense you. practical patty. So practical. Okay. Like to well, the point where you're like, Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, Rain Man. It's fine. Um, but she also, she spends a lot of time in the first chapter talking about how she's been drawn to organizations since childhood and she became really obsessed with it. And I'm like, cool, that's your zone that's of your genius. Jam. Yeah. yeah, sure. So she says in the intro, everyone who has completed her approach has been successful and that their lives have been transformed in unexpected ways. Okay. She says a dramatic tidying um, I in my notes I stopped in the middle of that sentence. 
Uh, it's... <laughs> Sorry, I have the croup. I killed Lisa. I killed Lisa. <laughs> she is. <laughs> anyway, we'll, ne- we'll never know. We'll never she know what says, she says. A dramatic tidying. She cites people who have, after tidying, quit their jobs and started businesses, gotten divorces because they saw what they really needed and what they really didn't, lost weight, and had happier relationships. Why, you might ask, from the look on your face? Clutter. That's right, Lisa. Um, She says that when you put your home in order, you put your affairs and your past in order, too, and you see what you really need and what you don't. That's a little feng shui. It is. And I don't... I I think... I don't know. I... You'll have to try this for yourself and say, I, do I think it can have lasting effects? And sure, but it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg. Like if you're willing to take matters into your own hands, Get into your home yeah. this way, then is it that you're already primed for a change like that? Mm-hmm. Or is it that you did this and you suddenly feel more motivated? It could totally have, you know, reverse engineer it that way. But also you might just organize your home and feel fucking great about it and be like, I still like my situation and my wife. You know, I like my wife, my wife. So she says people who use this method never revert to clutter again. That is a bold statement. And then I wrote, I mean, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) listen. Okay. (sighs) Okay. So she so to anyone listening to us and thinking, I've been tidying my whole fucking life. Go fuck off. I don't need to read a book about tidying. She addresses that, too. She's like, she's, well, look, I like her being proactive and yeah. already knowing as opposed yeah. to some other authors we've had who are like, nope, my way, the highway. My way or the highway. Um, she says, first, you can't tidy if you don't know how. And she talks about how parents teach us to cook and to dress, but no one ever sits us down and teaches us how to tidy and that we're all self-taught. I would like to say nobody ever taught me how to dress well. I didn't say well. <laughs> thank you. I never said well. Okay, thank you. What am I wearing right now? Like a black t-shirt I know. and ripped jeans? I'm in a, I'm sporting the camouflage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, she's fair. She's fair. And, and you know, we don't do home ec anymore in, in school. Well, and even home ec wasn't like, here's how to organize or here's how to view the possessions yeah. in your home. It was like, here's how to make a pillow no one fucking wants that your mom's going to have to put on the couch that doesn't clash <laughs> with her hard-earned. Like, sofas are expensive. But how did you like home ec? <laughs> <laughs> I made a pelican. I made that when we chose a stuffed animal. My mom was like, why didn't you make the soccer ball like everybody else? Wait, I made a, a fucking pelican. A pelican sounds it really complicated. It was. It required wire work. It required, it was awful. <laughs> My mom was so Wait, mad at me. is it a me. pillow with wires? It was a stuffed animal with, with wires. Oh, I it, like that. It was awful and it was terrible. I like that. All, all I remember is that in home ec, when there is a grease fire. You don't put water on it. You don't put water on it. You do put flour on it. I always get yes. them mixed up because it's one of those things where I'm like, in a grease fire, I'm going to be like, I don't know, it's 50-50. No, you put flour on it. You put flour on because it. Because water and oil, as you might remember. Don't mix. That's right. That's right. Okay. okay. So I do I do understand what she's saying. We're not right. taught how to. And I'll be honest, a lot of people don't have like good spatial dynamic things. So organization is not helpful for them. Totally. And it's not even that. It's like nobody ever really asks you, and we'll get into this, why do you keep the things you keep? And Mm -hmm. what attachment, you know, nobody really sits down and goes, this is how, you know, everyone's like, well, clean your room or you're grounded or whatever Mm -hmm. family dynamic you have. But it's kind of like, oh, okay. But have you ever taught me like, well, you just end up doing what your parents did. Right. That's right. Um, Okay. So you can't tidy if you don't know how. 
And she says you must tidy your entire house all at once, not a little at a time. I mean, I kind of, that bugs me. Well, we'll get into it. And I actually, I agree with her and I'll tell you why. In a minute. Probably because if you do one room at a time, you just put stuff other places. That's right. And also, she talks about how you store a lot of the same category of product in different places. So you just need to see what you have all Right. Because you might be like, why do I have six gallons of bleach? I don't need six gallons of bleach. Are you making a bomb, Misty? (laughs) We can't talk about it. (laughs) And no, I'm not. I'm just trying to have a clean bathroom. (laughs) Who has six gallons of bleach? No, it's a metaphor, Lisa. Okay. Sorry. I got really nervous. Guys, I'm firing Lisa. Okay, okay, sorry. It was really nice to have me. Bye. I don't have the power to fire her. <laughs> it's really nice okay. to have me. Is what I said. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, I get it. I get it. You need to see all of your inventory to see what sure, you sure, need sure, to sure. get rid of. Yeah, yeah, right. You sound like you've read the book. Okay. If you just do a little at a time, you will rebound. Smart. So she says when your room is clean and uncluttered, you have no choice but to examine your inner state. You can see any issues you have been avoiding and Uh confront them. uh This is how tidying is a tool. She says it will help you get the life you really want. Okay. Okay. It's it's a little bit of a leap for me. That's a little woo-woo. It is a little woo-woo, but I do think there's something about, you know, if you're having like a frantic week and everything's go, 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 and then finally like – say your phone dies and your car breaks down on the side of the road and you're forced to have a quiet moment. Mm-hmm. You just kind of feel like without all the noise and all the extraneous everything, you just go, oh, shit, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's sort of the physical. Yeah. What did you do to make your car die? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> also, Lisa's referencing <laughs> the, big uh, leap. the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks that we uh, <laughs> did on a previous yeah. episode. Okay, but here, here's my question, too. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love what she's saying. It makes sense. All of this is great. Can you just be tidy and not have to change your life. I think so. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think absolutely. But again, it's like, think about who's picking up this book as the author. You know what I mean? Like, she wants to appeal to people who want to make a big sweeping change. Okay. It's called the life-changing magic. This is not like, um, the semi-improved. Listen, and I do want to give you props for using sweeping. Big sweeping change. It was a cleaning up. That's right, Lisa. That was totally intentional. I know. I'm going to point that out. You did a great job. You You did a great job. Thanks for yes anding. Um, So she has a quick note on storage. She says this is a superficial method to tidy and hold clutter. It's just concealing things you don't need. This bitch and I have a problem because I love storage. Well, yes, right? (laughs) The container store is like one of the most fabulous places. But uh, she talks about when she first started her organizing business at 19. We'll just skip right over that. Yep. Uh, Good for you. I am uh, as jealous as I am impressed. So... (laughs) I am equal parts jealous and impressed. <laughs> um, but she talks about how she used to do all of this sort of, you know, amazing storage solutions. And she prided herself on that. But the problem is then you just fill up the storage bins and then it starts overflowing into the house eventually. And yeah. you just have this problem again. So she says there are only two tasks involved in tidying, discarding and deciding where you want to keep things. It's that simple. So she has... The six rules of tidying up. Okay. There's six. Hit him. Hit me. One. Commit yourself to tidying up. Fine. I could do that. Done. Moving on. Two. Uh, I was just going to say, again, she reiterates like five times how you must tidy your entire house all all at once or you won't experience the sudden and dramatic change of heart about your new lifestyle that is necessary to keep your life tidy forever. Bitch. Some people got things to do, like watch a kid. That's right. 
That's right, which is why you better hire a babysitter. Okay, great. Or you better get rid of your kid. Okay. So she says that if you if you do this all at once, you will never have to tidy your house again. Why? Right. I agree. So hold on. She says she only has to tidy once per year for about an hour. Okay. Well, she is weird. Listen, sleeping with the enemy had a very tidy house. <laughs> That that motherfucker had soup cans faced all the right way. Oh my god! And do you remember when she made them all perfect? Yes. And then, and you then came like, in and it wasn't. Yes. If you haven't seen the uh, mid '90s Julia Roberts movie, Sleeping with the Enemy, Sleeping based off of a novel, which was better. It is amazing. And by the way, my my grandma and I, Nana, uh, we were watching that movie, and I remember the love scene came on, and she said, "Well, don't make a meal out of it." And I just said, <laughs> "God, I love her endlessly." She's British. I love her. Okay. So step one was commit yourself to tidying up. Step two, imagine your ideal lifestyle. So you have to think about why you want to tidy in the first place, which I like. Mindfulness, intention, right? Like, why am I doing this? What do I want out of it? So what was your goal in picking up this book or listening to this podcast? She says, uh, oh, she says you should visit model homes or look at interior decorating photos online, which again sounds like a place of privilege yeah. and wealth. Also, but I will it's say fine. when you said model homes, I envision mobile homes. I don't. So there was a big disconnect. That could for be me your there. ideal life. Listen, mobile homes allow a lot of freedom. That, they are very spacious inside. I saw. I saw. I, I we had a big disconnect in what she was suggesting and what I was suggesting. That's right. Um. Um. Look at mobile homes mm-hmm. and model homes, or look at interior decorating photos. Uh, she asks, like, when you in- and not just like how you want your space to look, but when you imagine the lifestyle you want, what are you doing? How are you moving through the day? So her examples are: Do you want to listen to classical music or do more yoga? Do you, like when you picture your life, do you see yourself as like someone who's like meditating and enjoying? It? Once do you-, you see yourself as privileged, and that's when she goes. No, like privilege. There's no such thing as privilege, and that's when you go, "Bitch, you're privileged because you can't see it." <laughs> Oh my God! We have pr- every uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, once so once you've imagined your ideal lifestyle, ask mm-hmm. yourself why you want those things. She says to keep asking yourself why over and over again until mm-hmm. you get to the final answer. I like that. I so, like that practice. I I do too. So she says, do you want to listen to classical music to relax? Is that why that's something that's coming up for you, mm-hmm. or do you want to do yoga to lose weight? Again, ask yourself why you want those things. Mm-hmm. And I said, I wrote a note. I said, I guess this is supposed to help you prep for which items you want to keep or discard to fit this new ideal lifestyle. She doesn't say that in so many words, but it feels like you just want to go in really mindful because if you're going to do this, and it is a huge, imagine going through just a small apartment. Every You have to hold every single thing in your house, which we'll get to. In this one is day, why I think it's made for Japan because the consumerism in America is rampant. It's not non-existent in Japan. I'm not saying it's non-existent. Yeah. But they don't buy in bulk like we do. Yeah, but not every American buys in bulk. But yeah. But guys, Costco is just so cost efficient. Listen, I don't disagree with her. Except I do. But Right, but sometimes you need a 24-pack of iPads and you just, you have to get it done. <laughs> did you say iPad? I did. <laughs> <laughs> what isn't enough? What? <laughs> so. Um, they were on sale. Okay, so we're flying right through. No, rule number three. Finish discarding first. So she says it's easy to get rid of the, of things when there's an obvious reason for doing so. Something that's been worn out or is out of fashion. Easy to discard. But it's much harder when there's not a compelling reason, right? She says you should keep focusing or you should be focusing on what you want to keep 
don't focus on like, oh, I should get rid of this. I should get rid of that. But what do I actually want to keep? So hold on. This is the crux of the entire book. You need to take each item you own in your entire house one by one, hold it in your hands and ask yourself, does this spark joy? Now, if it does, you keep it. And if it doesn't, you get rid of it. And here's what's really interesting. She says you cannot look in your closet and just go, none of this sparks joy or think, oh, that book that sits on my shelf really makes me feel good. You have to take it and hold it in your hands. And I actually found it's interesting because I think our bodies do have physical responses to the stimuli around us. And it it's really it was really interesting when I was picking up things in my house and going, nah, maybe I don't feel one way or another, but it doesn't spark joy. So I like the specificity of that. It's not like, do you like this? Do you like the way it looks? Do you like the way it feels? It's like, no, does this literally give you a little burst of happiness? Lisa is looking so just over it and <laughs> like she's ready to tear into me. Guys, help me. No, can I say why? Yeah. I don't disagree, but this is a very privileged way of thinking. Sure. Yes. I yes. am the grandchild of a depression child. My Grammy, who is 107 and a half. Yes. Oh. <gasps> Was born in 1911. Yes, and she lived through the depression. And you and she raised her child, her children, shortly out and after the depression and the war. And you had a mantra, which was use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. And so to throw something away that doesn't spark joy is against everything in her fiber and her being. Absolutely. And I have been handed that. Now, I agree and I will admit, and my best friend will tell you, that I do hang on to stuff that I don't need. There is a fear in my family that I will get rid of something that I will then later need and have to pay twice for it. Yes, right. Absolutely. And I just think also it's so... It, you know, they're called the greatest generation for a reason. <laughs> it's because they clawed their way through poverty, mm-hmm. through true poverty, yeah. to make a better life for their children and their children's children. Yeah. And through that, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know how they did it. They did it by scrimping and saving and not yes. being frivolous and not throwing away things that didn't yes. bring them joy. I, so that's why it's hard for me. And I and when people have an attitude of like, well, it doesn't bring you joy, you're hoarding it, you're cluttering it. I just have to look at my grandmother who put two kids through college on a fucking state policeman widower's pension and working as a high school secretary being paid less than the janitors got paid. Do you know what I mean? What is your Grammy's name? Her name is Vivian but her, her that's oh. actually her middle name. Her real name is Mary Vivian and I didn't learn that until about 15 years ago, and it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> She's a, she sounds fucking She's incredible. Amazing. She's incredible and amazing. I, so it's yes. so hard for me. Yeah. And I, and I acknowledge that this is a chip on my shoulder. I mean, we made fun of her because if there was one bite left of green beans at the end of the meal, she would put it in Tupperware and put it in the fridge. That's right. My grandmother does the same thing, and I do too. Yes. I cannot scrape food into the trash. No. Even, even if it goes into the trash out of the Tupperware container a few days later, I yes. have to give it a fighting chance. Yes. Right. Right. So And I and food is different, a little bit different, but it's the same mentality. Mm-hmm. And I also think this mindset is yeah. going to be what is the downfall when we have our next... <laughs> Our next worldwide epidemic, our next Spanish flu. My Grammy lived through the Spanish flu. She lived through three wars, right? Like World War One, World War Two, and then the Korean and Vietnam oh War. Like she survived. God. She had a son in those. Like she survived so much. And it's not because she was like, I don't like it. That's right. That's right. And so 
obviously we have to look at this yeah. through the author has her own lens. She's looking at That's this. right. Her own. This is right. Rat lens. This is not if you only have one frying pan in your house. That's right. And that's all you can afford. That's and the right. fucking handle is falling off and the bottom is warped and the Teflon's chip, chipping off, whatever. And you hate it. You don't have a chance to say, this doesn't spark joy. I'm just going to get rid of it. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely and get I that. I acknowledge, like my Grammy is not living in her home. Yeah. And it is still full of stuff. Yes. But I wouldn't want to say to her, yeah, you needed to get rid of all that stuff. That's right. Because that's how she survived. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, I, you know, you and I always talk about um, who we feel these books are right for. Yes. And who we feel they are yes. wrong for. Yes. And and uh, you're putting somebody else's values on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if you're a person who is turned off by your own excess. Yes. And you feel like you, you want more help. breathing room. This is a great And book. you don't know. Yeah. Or for me, I, I definitely was caught up in consumerism because – my family, of course, my grandmother was born in 1934. Yeah. So was in the first or the Second World War, mm-hmm. you know, and remembers doing with that. She was in London in the Blitzkrieg. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And so, so she knows. She, she knows how to. She knows. She's a scrapper. She is the she is my fucking stability financial and what hero. Is, what is her name? Margaret. Uh. Should we be saying their full names on the air? Are you people going to look them up? They're never oh, no. going to listen. No, no, no. I mean, um, anyone out there wanting to steal their identity. <laughs> Listen, we'll bleep them out so it'll sound like our grandmother's names are just they have words. they have ours. That's right. That's right. That's correct. Um, just tell me your social. But, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's beep. That's right. Um. So absolutely, and and uh, I talked to my sister a lot about this because when I first read this book, I called her and we were talking about like. Our our parents in particular, because mm-hmm. our our mom and dad both had a lot of stuff, and of course they were the children of people who who had grown up in that same mm-hmm. era of scarcity. And so the baby boomers, it was like you went from such scarcity to America's prospering. That's right. Let's get have that have several big cars and have yeah. this excess and have all these toys and this have stuff. Have a refrigerator so it's like, in the kitchen and a freezer in the in the yes. In the oh garage. my god, you just have like the drink fridge in the mm-hmm. garage or what I mean. Mm-hmm. I never had a garage, but it's fine. Um, so it it it's this whole idea of nowadays. I feel like a lot of people are questioning: Should I buy into capitalism? Should I do? You know what I mean? And even even clothing companies are going. We're not going to pump out new styles every single week in the fast fashion industry. Mm-hmm. We are going to make really well-made pieces out of ethically sourced material yeah. and make it so that you are meant to wear these pants for 12 years. Yeah, I agree. God, yeah. if I could wear the same pair of pants for 12 years, that would be amazing. <laughs> Mine all rip. wear out the crotch. Mine all rip in the thigh. Yes, yes. crotch in the thigh. And every time – and I. I kept patching this one, <laughs> this one pair of jeans. It was like patch after patch after patch. Like I did it myself. I had them professionally it patched. Was and then of many colors. You, that's <laughs> right. No, it was like a denim patch on the in, inner thigh, which is the least <laughs> embarrassing place for that to be. Uh, and uh, and after a while, when like the third patch just ripped through, I was like, mm-hmm, I'm just gonna get a new pair of pants. Yeah. Well, yeah. you wore it out. Yeah. Oh, can you say that that motto? Use again? it up. Do without. No. Use it up. Wear it out. Make it do or do without. My God, I love that. Right? Because there was no money to buy another. Or it was during the war and it was rations and you couldn't get another. Right. And also keep in mind that like back before the war or in the early 19th 20th century. Well, also the 19th century. Thank you. Guys. World War One. Before. (laughs) We'll just say in the time before. Yeah. 
You had one pair of shoes. You did. You had a couple of outfits that were made of really heavy-duty tweed and or production wool. was very expensive. So or you made your own clothes. were very expensive. Yes. yes. Or you made your own clothes. And now mass and production hard. makes things cheap. And we assume that it's of less value. Right. Because we can buy more of them. Right. There's actually, even if you're not into minimalism or don't know what minimalism is or whatever, I'm not, I'm, I'm not you know, for or against it. It's, I'm still marinating on it. But it's a really cool documentary called Minimalism on Netflix. Mm. And it highlights a lot of things about the fast fashion industry that mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like about literally how they create mm-hmm. this feeling of being left out and being behind mm-hmm. so that you're always trying to buy the next thing. Oh, even yeah. though you just bought it. And how it. it's made by some tiny person. That's right. Who's basically That's chained right. to a sewing machine. Exactly okay. Right. Anyway, here we go. Um, Keep going. Okay. Keep going. So, thank you. Thank you for letting me right. say that. Yeah. No, I appreciate I'm, it. No, I'm so glad. And and again, hermeneutical lens. Thank you. Which is something we talked about. Oh, uh, we looked it up since the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art uh, or hermeneutics is the art of interpretation. Yes. So Hermes was a Greek the messenger. messenger of the gods. Mm-hmm. And so any message he took, he through his own interpretation on it. And that's why it's called hermeneutics. Leave it to a man. There you go. So our hermeneutical (laughs) lens is uh, the lens through which we interpret the world. Yeah. Right. Um, So you hold every single item in your house Mm -hmm. and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? Does this pen spark joy? Does it? I I like green pens. You like green pens, but do you feel joy? No, because it's a pen. Get rid of it. But I, I use pens. Get a pen that makes you feel joy. See, I got a problem with that. Okay, so stand by. Stand by. We've got a lot of ground to cover. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Um, Just go without me. Leave me behind. Just go. (laughs) Um, Okay, so she says, like, do you feel joy when you're surrounded by books that don't touch your heart or accessories you know you'll never wear? The entire goal here is to end up surrounded by only the things that bring you joy. That's great. Because isn't that everyone's life goal? Mm -hmm. You just want to be surrounded by joy and things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. So that's something I can really get down with is like, oh, yeah, I do only want things around that make me feel wonderful. So this is an attempt at that. All right. So she says this is how you can reset your life and embark on a new lifestyle. Um, She gets pretty woo-woo in parts. Yes. She says you can thank, and I actually think this is super sweet, you can thank each item for a job well done before getting rid of it. I love this because I do assign um, anthropomorphized objects. Yes. So that would make me happy. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can can look at this um, container of grapes, this grape stem, Mm -hmm. and say... Thank you for a job well done growing those grapes. You've served your purpose. Okay, but I I don't think you would keep a grape stem in your house. You don't know me. Okay. Okay. Here's what what not to do. This is step four. Tidy by category, not by location. Yes. You do not do your bedroom, right? You do your clothing. Sure. So people- Get all the clothing from all around the house. That's right. So people often store the same types of items in different locations. For example, you probably have clothes stored in two different closets, Mm -hmm. right? Or more, if you're lucky enough to have so many clothes. Or like your winter clothes and your summer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or maybe in the garage downstairs. That's where you keep whatever. Um, uh, So if you go all the way through one closet and you spend all that energy sorting and discarding, because again, it's like uh, you're going to realize- Oh my God, how did I have six winter coats? I didn't realize how did I had I keep all seven wedding dresses. That's right. You have been married so many times. Yeah. They never how work did out. I keep all the dresses, but not the husband? Okay. Am I right? Um, so if you go all the way 
uh, through one closet and discard, you will have to do all that work all over again in a different closet. And she says that repetition and wasted effort can kill motivation. Uh-huh. And that's why you must avoid this and do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Which I, I do appreciate the ripping off the Band-Aid effect. But mm-hmm. I got to tell you, when I tried this on my own apartment... I was so fucking tired halfway through. Like, I I was so... It's so many decisions to make in one day. Well, did you do it with your boyfriend? No. Oh, that's too much for you to do by yourself. Right, but he was like, I'm fine with all my possessions, bye. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Which we'll also get into. "Um, Your stuff didn't bring me joy, so I threw it out. Bye. Well, he's like, no, I like all my stuff, and I don't need... But what's funny is... um, I talked to him about some things he disagreed with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for instance, she talks about... She talks about storing boxes for things that you want to resell later on because you think they'll add value. Mm-hmm. So this is something that really stuck with me. So you you bought an iPad a year ago. Mm-hmm. You It hasn't been in the box since the day you bought it. Mm-hmm. You're storing the box mm-hmm. because you want to sell it whenever the new one comes out or whenever you upgrade, if mm-hmm. you're fortunate enough to be able to do that. And so you keep the box on a shelf for that purpose because you say it'll add more value. On a closet. Sure. Mm-hmm. But Marie has an amazing point. Mm-hmm. If you take up how much you pay in rent and you divide it by square feet or sure. inches or whatever. Would you be willing to pay that? The amount that that day? box costs to store mm-hmm. is never going to be as much as it's going to add to the value of the thing. That's true. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. And I, I said that to That's Zach. a very economical approach. It actually really is because I'm going, oh, my God, to store this iPad box in Los Angeles right. is like, it's like or $200. Or yourself, am I willing to spend um, 75 cents a day every day to keep this box. Right. No, I'm not. Actually. No, I'm not. And it's fine. And mm-hmm. it and it makes sense. And and especially with, you know, if you're saving shoes, shoe boxes, yep. or like that computer screen you bought or that TV box yeah. from the thing, you know what I mean? Or if yeah. you ever have to move it, Unless it's like- the item's actually in it. Right, right. <laughs> it's a different story. So what I love about this book is she actually has a lot of really practical reasons for saying the things she's saying. That's so right. that I love. Um, And so at first Zach was really resistant and then like- Two weeks later, he suddenly got rid of all of his like old shoe boxes, and I was like, "Yes, um, thank you, Marie Kondo. Thank you, Konmari Method." Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go, oh, sorry, where am I? Oh yeah, okay. So she says, unless we tidy by category, like books, clothes, cleaning supplies, sure, sure. we can never grasp the full volume of what we have in our homes. I agree, and therefore we can never finish tidying. I agree. Because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put this Drano in the bathroom because I've got two Dranos. And then I later on I'm like, oh, there's an extra Drano in my bathroom. I'm going to put that under the kitchen sink. And I it's mean, like I'm just shuffling them around. Her concept of tidying is really more about like inventory and clearing house. It is It is a lot of that. And also if, if using coats, for example, if you find you've got three pea coats, you can go only one of them really brings me true joy. I'm getting rid of the other two. Yeah. But if you're doing one closet at a time, you, you might not remember. And go, I don't really remember. like. But even if you do remember, you go, oh, this one also brings me joy, as opposed to having them next to each other. Yeah, it really does help. Yeah, that makes sense. I think a lot of times when we think of tidying, we think yeah. of like, oh, there's the there's dishes on the table, right. or there's like a coaster out of place. I'm going to put different. it back in its thing, yes. as opposed to going, I need to look in the cupboards and realize Sweep I've out. got 18 plates. And I, there are two people living here. I have you know what plates, I mean? and I only have four friends. That's right, and most of them have chips in it. Thank and you. And I never host my friends parties. have chips. Right, right. <laughs> I always wanted to be friends with Chip the Teacup. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Hashtag uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I was going to say Sleeping Beauty. All the beauties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney is problematic. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, she says many people have twice as much as they thought they had. Yeah. Which is really interesting when you I think about that. it. So what you're supposed to do 
on every category is take everything and put them all in one spot. Yep. She talks about the floor a lot. Throw them all in one spot on the floor so you can literally see the pile of stuff you have. Mm-hmm. And then um, you'll really understand just how many coats, shorts, shoes, socks, pajamas, whatever that you have. Pick up each item and ask yourself is it, if it sparks joy. If it does, keep it. If not, get rid of it right away mm-hmm. and don't overthink it. You can also do this by subcategory. She gets really intense in the subcategory oh, she sure. recommends. So like, but tops all at once. Yeah. Shoes all at once. Yeah. Um, so number five of the six rules of tidying up, follow the right order. Do not start with mementos and sentimental things. Oh, no, because you'll never get past it. It will derail your entire day. You will read every letter you ever had, yeah. every like middle school notebook, whatever. Yeah. Do not look at photos. I, uh, right away, you will get there. But items with high sentimental value should be left for last. When you're exhausted and have no resistance. That's it. But also, you will have gotten, I think the practice. idea is you will have gotten so much practice yeah. and gotten really good at it and yeah. feeling the momentum. So here is what Marie Kondo says is the correct order to tidy in. Tell me. Clothes. Yes. Books. Yes. Papers. Yes. Miscellany. Yes. Mementos. Yes. AKA things with sentimental value. That's it. Those five categories. Where did where's the kitchen stuff come in? Miscellany. Oh, miscellany's pretty big then. It's huge. Yeah. It's bathroom, garage, huge car, cleaning supplies, cleaning supplies, that sort of thing. Yeah, painting things, art. Like, right. So she also talks about, and I really love this. She talks, and what I like about her book is she talks about all the mistakes she made about how she used to be like pretty hoity-toity and and just like, I'm going to get rid of things for my family because they don't know they never use these things and would like throw out her sister's coat and things like that. And her sister was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right? So, and then she talks about why you shouldn't do that. What a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so she talks about why you shouldn't do that, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah. So she's owning up to her mistakes. She talks about the risk of tidying up other people's things. Thank you. And right, and how frustrating it can be when the rest of your family doesn't follow your tidy routine. No, yeah. She says you can't make those decisions for other people. And the best way to get them to tidy is to lead by example. Only discard your own things. That includes your husband, your wife, your partner, your girlfriend. Don't discard your, your husband or your wife. I mean, you... It's a free country. Okay. Lisa. But she's but saying, don't things. discard their things. Right. Like, as yeah, much as I want to clean up Zach's office. Right. And you don't know what is valuable to another person. I could go, he never uses this, but like, it, it's got a ton of sentimental value. You know, I don't I agree. know. I agree. So she also warns about giving things to your family or friends. Oh, that's just a way to k- still keep the stuff you have. That's right. My mom does that. I that, love my mom. She, I have tried too many times and I admit to get rid of her stuff. Yeah. But she doesn't like things to leave the family because she grew yes. up a depression child. Yes. So I so it's it's in her and I get it and um it's a problem. Well, Marie Kondo has the bulk of a chapter dedicated to mothers who don't want to get rid of things. <gasps> so I love that you said that because she literally is like, they never want to see their children because mothers are worried their children won't have enough is yeah. what she says. And they never want to see. So a lot of it is like, they'll keep it. They'll send it out to people. They'll store it at their house for later. But yeah. it just eventually comes back to you. So she says, don't pass your guilt of not being able to get rid of things onto others. She's, But she does have a suggestion. Before you start tidying, you can ask your family or friends if there is something they need that they are planning to buy. You just ask. If you find when you're discarding that you have something that they have already told you they need, give it to them as a gift. For sure. As opposed to going, oh, you want these yoga pants? You want that? You want that? It's like, don't do that. It it puts that on that other person too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's that's a lot. Okay. 
here is when we get into some of the really cool stuff about how to because when you're on the fence about something because that's the hard part it's easy to be like i fucking hate this or i fucking love this it's the middle ground that's tough so what to do if you can't throw something away quick question yeah does she really want you to throw it away she keeps saying throw it away i always recommend what i love to do i every time women shelter in Los Angeles because or whatever charity you want. I recently donated to a great Jewish. Um, uh, what was it? It's not a thrift store. It's just a great like Jewish a, family center right. in mid city. And it's like there are always people again that don't have the luxury of of. But she really wants people to throw this away. She keeps saying discard. And she's well, she does say get rid of it and discard. And she says she uses garbage bags, that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But let's, I mean, let's take it with a grain of salt. Landfills of the world. Yeah. Say thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, I encourage everybody to donate or Yeah, that's, I mean, recycle. things that are broken. Yeah, but it's also cool because it's like, I don't know if you know this, but old denim jeans can be used <coughs> as housing insulation. Yeah. So there's a lot then, of really cool yeah. stuff you can okay, do. Good, good, good. Um, so I encourage you to straight up donate. Of course, you can do consignment shops if you want to make a little money back. You yeah, know, I think that's the piece of the book, too, that made me really mad. I was like, mm. first of all, you're telling everybody that they have to make momentary judgment about mm-hmm. things and then also you're telling them basically to just throw shit out and add right. to the landfills when we already have a problem of consumerism yeah that's right that's right but i do believe that what she is advocating for is that you will be less consumerist after you've had this experience because again you're then going to look at life through this lens of does this thing actually bring me joy forever uh, is the idea. Her <laughs> assumption is that once you've gone through this hellish day, that anytime mm-hmm. you pull out your pocketbook, I said pocketbook, to That's buy a right. new item. It is 1952. You will, you will think about, you won't buy things that don't bring you joy. That's mm-hmm. her assumption. Mm-hmm. Does she know an American? I I haven't met her. I, I mean, because honestly, we, we don't learn lessons quickly. Right. But. I do. I did find after reading this book and going through that, I was being a lot more particular about. Do I do I really love it? Because, okay, so my family comes like I used to buy nine shirts at J.C. Penney because yeah. they were on sale. Yeah, not because I needed them. It's a good not value. because I loved them. It's because a good deal. I'm going. I can get nine shirts for like forty bucks. It's a good deal. It's a good deal, and they're cute and whatever. And then I would find that I just had a closet full of stuff I did not care about. You only but had that shirts. I got no pants, no, no pants, shoes. never pants. I'm not wearing <laughs> pants right now. Um, but yeah, and then and this is the book that got okay. me going. Well, okay. wait a second. I don't want to just buy that because it's on sale. But that was how I was raised. Yeah. Again, it's from that same philosophy we were yep. talking about earlier of scarcity. So when you can get an abundance of something for good value, you, you do, do that. Okay. Right. So I what I'm hearing uh, is that you did in fact take the lesson at least and are starting to apply it as yeah. you go forward. And I I need a reminder. Yes. Because yes, it's easy to go right back to have, it. And that's it your... is it is easy because when you're like, oh my god, but they're leather boots and they're on sale for forty dollars down from two seventy eight. It's like I'll get those. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't actually like these shoes. I just liked that it was a good deal. Yeah, and well made, you know. It's like, oh, well, let me well, remind me to talk to you about leather sometime. Also, no, I know. Oops, also, I, know. Um, I, I think it's the act of doing this all in one day that is a hellish, yeah. horrible day. I and it's miserable that you never want to have to do it again. 
I think it's, yeah, it's that because you also realize like, oh my God, this took me so long, so much energy. It's because I have so much, much stuff. stuff. I, so I think it's that wake up call. And, and honestly, I, I do think it would be really hard to get up and do it for a second day. But if you can stretch it into a weekend, depending on the size of your house, you know, growing up, my dad always had a garage packed so full. Sure. We could. We never parked a car in there. Mm-hmm. We never had a vehicle in there, mm-hmm. and you could barely move around in it. Mm-hmm. And that is my own personal nightmare because mm-hmm. growing up with that um, kind of garage at my dad's house was like, I just felt like I couldn't breathe, yeah. and I couldn't. It wasn't useful for anything. Yeah. Anytime we had to do work, it was in the driveway, you know, in the yeah. heat of the sun. And it's like, why are we doing? Why? And by the way, those boxes just moved around, and he never unpacked them. He yeah. never used the stuff inside. Yeah, maybe with the exception of a few thing you know it's like so that's what's interesting is like this stuff does tend to follow us around for a lifetime that's a good point and even pass on to your kids where they go well i don't want to get rid of this because mom loved it and she had it for her whole life Mm -hmm. and and so she does touch on all these things in the book so i really recommend that if if you're liking what you're hearing Mm -hmm. pick it up it's Mm -hmm. a short easy read and she goes into a lot more detail than i am right here so here's what to do if you can't decide whether or not to throw something away Consider why you have that item and how it came into your life. She uses the example of clothes you never wear. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself why you bought it. If it's because it looked cool in the shop, then the item has fulfilled its function by giving you a thrill. (laughs) If you never wear it, then the item has served another function by teaching you about what doesn't suit you. So you can thank the item for teaching you this and for fulfilling its duty and let it go. Mm -hmm. I actually really loved this because I kept thinking, but a clothes, uh, this item's purpose is to do X, Y, or Z. This item's purpose is so that I'll wear it out 10 times and mm-hmm. it's a dress. That cost per wear goes down. That's right. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, but it, if it's just because you wanted to treat yourself or whatever, considering that it had a different function, mm-hmm. I really, that that's gave you permission practical. to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It gives you permission. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Permission to get rid of it. And so I think that's what a lot of us still need and look to is the permission to do this because we all go well I don't want to be wasteful and I did spend money and I did work hard and it's such a bit you know it's like somebody else could really use this and it's like but if it's fulfilled its purpose there you go yeah um so to truly cherish the things that are important to you she says you must get rid of the things that have outlived their purpose Mm -hmm. she says this isn't wasteful or shameful let them go with gratitude yeah I mean it's a simple economic it's you know diminishing returns. Yeah. So she takes several chapters to talk about exactly how to sort each of the categories in your home. Okay. So if you're wondering what miscellaneous is, how to do that, how She'll to go you. through clothes, she tells you in exhausting <laughs> detail. Oh my God. Okay. It is so intense, but really helpful to have that guidance, sure. I think, especially sure. if you, you know, she says have never learn the proper way to tidy. Yeah. Um, she also has a special way to fold clothes that I didn't really understand, even though I listened to it like five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I tried to find like a thing on her website. I think there's a thing on her website that shows you what she's talking about. But basically, instead of stacking clothes, like shirts in a drawer on top of each other, you're you supposed to just sort of not even, there's like a special way to fold them so that they are standing on their edges. Yeah. And when you're looking in the drawer, you can see, see all See them all them. at once, yeah. I don't know how to do that. I can't do it. It's sort of rolling, but not really. Yeah. So also, that's a downside. We should remind our listeners, Misty. You listen to books on audio tape or on audio. That's right. And there may have been a diagram in the book. Possible. Mm-hmm. That's possible. 
Yes. Did I tell you that even though my friend gave me the hard copy you book, I ended up. Yeah, that's right. I know. That's right. I know. Um, I'm doing my best, guys. Listen, you're doing a great job. That's how you spend and your ladies. time in your car. Yeah. That's great. That's how I multitask, which I've heard there's a book about how you shouldn't multitask, which we will tackle some other time. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, most of this involves putting every item of whatever category you're tackling and putting them on the floor, then examining them one by one. Sure, sure, sure. Um, including taking books off the shelf. Picking them up, deciding if they bring you joy. You are not allowed to read books. It's a trap because then you're going to go, but what if I need the knowledge? And it's like, nope, that's it. Um, So to hear more about each category, you will just have to buy this book Mm -hmm. or download it or rent it or whatever, however you get your book. Mm -hmm. I said it's intense. Okay. But thorough. Okay. Which is cool. It's very practical. She says to leave photos for last, which we've talked about. By the time you are practiced in deciding what brings you joy, it will be easier to get rid of some of the sentimental things. She has a lot of specifics on how to discard sentimental items. Um, So again, support the author by the book. Mm -hmm. She says you will eventually, as you're tidying, you will eventually reach a click point where you reduce your possessions until it finally clicks for you and you have exactly the right amount of what you need to live comfortably. I call that exhaustion. That's right. (laughs) Did that, you hit your click it's point? When you, I, I hit my trigger point. <laughs> my point past the pain threshold. <laughs> Where you wanted to give everything up and become a I, Buddhist monk. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to do all of this and be so diligent. And I'll tell you what. I got through the like clothing and mm-hmm. like kind of miscellany category. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't. This is enough. I'm, I'm tidy enough. I love that. I love that. But. Clutter has crept back into my life slowly. You okay, know what I mean? Okay. So, because it was a while ago that I tried this me- method and I reread the book for mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, so it it crept back into my life slowly. So I am thinking of really giving it that one big go. Ooh, so I support you in your choice. I will absolutely do an update yes. if and when that happens. Yes. So um she says once you reach this click point, you will never go back to having more than that again, which I call bullshit. I do too. Because I mean, holidays happen, yeah. weddings happen, you get gifts. Th- things happen. Oh, can we? I'm going to take a, a little corner here. I say, lean pull, in, I'm kids. Up a chair. Okay. Lean in, kids. My favorite, favorite thing yes. that I learned from a friend yes. it's called the regifting cabinet oh, or yeah. box yeah. or shelf. Don't you remember that SNL, the candle? <laughs> I do. There's like one candle that yeah. makes its way around yeah. to each friend. No, but seriously, sometimes I get beautiful gifts Mm -hmm. that I will never Never use, use. right? So I love tea. I have a whole tea shelf. I've dropped a lot of money at tea, Vana. Oh, yeah, you know, that's right. If if Misty will ever make you tea in her home, you will be blessed. It's a bit, I mean, my grandmother's British. It's a big part of our lives. Mm -hmm. It's a big, that's my way of showing love is Mm -hmm. making someone a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Brings me lots of joy. Mm -hmm. But so I have some friends who gifted me a beautiful box of tea. It was all organized so beautifully. It was this circular thing in a wheel. I fucking hate every flavor in there. It's like pumpkin spice creme brulee cinnamon toast. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all of these like sweet flavors. And I am just like sencha, you know, like Japanese sencha or like English breakfast or like maybe a little like bergamot Earl Grey, you know, that kind of thing. Oh my God. And so this was all. You're such a tea snob. I'm such a tea. I'm a, I like to think of it as a purist. No. A tea purist. You're a, you're a well, knob. I don't, I don't want my tea to smell like a vanilla cupcake in candle form from Bath and Body Works. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so uh, but it's a, to be- it's a beautiful box of tea. And guess what? That goes right in the, the regifting cabinet. Mm-hmm. The person I re-gifted that to, and I just have a little box of things, was so freaking thrilled to yeah. get that box of tea. It also was a gift to me because I didn't have to, to go, go out buy and spend $20. Now, listen, just if you don't have a great memory, put a quick post-it note on there on who gave it to you. This is so wise Mm -hmm. because one time I almost gave Mm -hmm. a necklace back to someone Mm -hmm. who gave it to me Mm -hmm. and I would have had to play it off like haha I got you weird weird practical twins and then had to go buy one for yourself (sighs) anyway so um cannot recommend that enough Mm -hmm. and I think it's a great thing to do because everybody wins um and you can lie to your friends that you're using that thing (laughs) I did use it (laughs) to give to someone else exactly right So, uh, Marie Kondo promises that once you reach the click point Mm -hmm. and you have exactly the right amount Mm -hmm. of things to live comfortably and they all bring you joy, that doing this will increase your happiness and give you a rush of exhilaration Mm -hmm. like you have never known before. Like click point or click bait, you be the judge. That's right. She says you'll be able to see what your true values are. Oh, my God. And I wrote wrote a pretty big promise. Listen, I'm very religious, but I didn't understand what my values were in this world until I threw a bunch of shit out. Right. Well, I do I do think it's interesting when you're you're literally looking at everything in your life, every person, possession, experience and going, does this really bring me joy? Do I really enjoy doing this? Cuz I know I used to say yes to meeting up with a lot of people that I didn't really want to meet up with and I knew it'd be small talk and I knew it'd be them trying to get something from me, you know, or whatever it is. is That's why you turned me down for so many get-togethers. <laughs> Everybody, I literally had to trick Lisa into hanging out with me. So um, no, you're right. I mean, I think it makes sense. No, you're right. You did have to trick me. No, no. <laughs> my bad. My bad. I had come in way too soon on that. Oh my. What God. I mean is, I think she's right in that. Um, um, you will get practice, and it will become easier to say no to things that you don't want. Yeah, and I think the whole thing is, right, when you turn down the volume, you can hear your own inner thoughts better. That's the analogy I would use. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. I don't know that I would use that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's garbage. Oh, no, it's, it's total great. Garbage. It's great. It's great. Um, so she says, reducing your possessions to an amount you can handle will... Uh, will revitalize your relationship with your belongings. And I, I actually love that sentence to an amount you can handle because often I just feel like there's so much around me mm-hmm. that I, you know, whether or not we realize it consciously, we're responsible for the things around us and the things in our home and how it looks and what's going on. And it's like to have a little bit less that feels like it's suffocating me. Yeah, I agree. And nice. I would I would extend that to say that we're responsible for how those things then how they are right. processed, how they right. become in the world, how they are, how they come into the world, and then also how they exit yeah. the world. Yeah, and listen, it is exhausting to always think about where are your vegetables coming from? Where's your meat coming from? Do Where's I need your this clothing? in plastic? Can I get it without plastic? Where's your clothing coming from? Has the company ever engaged in supporting values that you don't align with yours? Like, mm-hmm. it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. But not everybody it. not it's totally worth it. Not everybody can do it a hundred percent of the time, right? That's mm-hmm. the bar that we're mm-hmm. aiming for is like being conscious consumers mm-hmm. because when we're conscious, we help the lives of others. Mm-hmm. But also very conscious goods cost a lot more. They do. So this it's this, a privilege. It's a privilege mm-hmm. to absolutely to be able to choose what what and where you get your things. Yeah, I'm recognizing again that my trigger of 
somebody telling me that this is the way it is, is what's happening because I yeah. need authority. So I think you could easily take your personal situation, yeah. your personal um, uh, cash flow, yeah. your availability of goods and services in your area and mm-hmm. how you feel about keeping items. Yeah. And then also this idea of I'm not going to buy something if it doesn't bring me joy and or I'm going to try to use my home to help create the the life that I want. All right. of those things can work together without having yeah. to subscribe completely exactly. to the KonMari Exactly. Method. I think that you can you can absolutely pick and choose. And I think it's just about steps towards what works in your – whatever your puzzle is, making it work for that. Yeah. Those yeah. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, number six, Mm -hmm. the last step, Mm -hmm. figure out where to put everything you're keeping. (laughs) So she, this is where she also gets super fucking intense. She talks about uh, her routine when she comes in every day and it's, it's very detailed. Mm -hmm. She thanks all her belongings and completely unpacks her purse, puts everything away. Um, This is one of the reasons she stays so tidy. She, She says it only takes five minutes, but she literally like puts all receipts in a folder, puts her wallet on its little wallet stand, like everything in her house has its own place. Um, she says every single thing in your home needs its own designated space. My so this is why you discard the size first. of like a suitcase. That's right. I know. I think a lot of us cannot imagine unpacking our entire briefcase, yeah. purse, wallet, whatever, every single day. It's yeah. that it's getting intense, right? Yeah, yeah. But because she has this routine, literally everything's always in its designated mm, place. So fine. she says if if every single thing doesn't have its own specific f- spot, then clutter will return because it will just amass wherever you can put it. The idea is that you'll know exactly where to put everything so nothing will ever be out of place. Um, she also, again, gets really into the nitty gritty of this. Um uh, something that I found super intense is she talks about putting all of the shampoo and conditioner and body wash bottles, wiping them down and putting them back into the cupboard between showers. Okay, this bitch is I crazy. Just disregard everything we've <laughs> just disregard said. Everything Absolutely. Said. She's a serial killer. She's She is <laughs> She is sleeping with her own enemy. I literally wrote no thanks with an exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> So she also says the kitchen countertop is meant for preparing food, not for storing things. And then I wrote, I have to say, this sounds like it's coming from a place of privilege here in Los Angeles, even with only owning basic kitchen appliances like a toaster, right, Uh, and a coffee pot. I do not have the luxury of storing things in cabinets. I don't have enough cabinets. I I have have amazing cabinet space and I still have to push it because... Dude, I have like... I have like... Eight square feet of compete of countertop. If you rent your place, you don't get to configure it how you want it. No, you don't. You don't. I literally have like a little galley kitchen, and that's it. And by the time you put a toaster on there, I'm like practically in the sink trying to chop carrots. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know what? I'll buy you one of those really cool sink cutting boards and add to your shit. Oh my god! I didn't <laughs> know that was a thing. I'm gonna look at that. On Amazon and USPS, I think I'll buy four or five. Thank you. Again, uh, so, and she she ends the book again um, talking about being kind to your belongings and treating them with respect and care. So I love that. She says, like, at the end of the day, your, sho- your shoes are really glad to rest. And your purse is glad to mm. be home and not have to be working for the day because they're all mm. trying to work for you. Which mm. I, I know, I really, it's woo-woo, but I actually thought it was really sweet because... I didn't think about having a loving relationship with my belongings. Mm-hmm. They just seem like things, and they are things. But also, if you're looking at everything through this lens of like love, and they're working they to support get home you, too. 
Right. Isn't that more pleasant to think like, mm-hmm. my shoes worked really hard for me today. Mm-hmm. Boy, let then, me tell you, my shoes work very hard. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I've had a couple of my boots resold a few times. <laughs> um, so you can walk in and thank your house for giving you shelter. Aww. You can thank your shoes for doing a good job. And she says our possessions want to help us. I like that. She's, she ends the book by saying, life truly begins when you put your house in order. So that is the life-changing magic of tidying up. I was ready for you to say life truly begins at conception. I was going to be like, okay, this this bee is very You're like, crazy. this took a weird left turn at the okay, end. Okay, that is really amazing. Yeah. Misty, I have a couple questions yeah, yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, hold on real quick. Yep. Sorry, I just want to say, if you're interested in this, mm-hmm. uh, the hardcover is $9.69. Mm-hmm. The paperback is $6. Mm. But the hardcover is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. The Kindle's $9.99. Audiobook is $12.95 on Google Play or $25.19 on Audible. And again, on the Overdrive app, which I love, it's free, free if you have a library card. What does the book look like? You told me it's like a beautiful watercolor. Yeah, watercolor mm-hmm. paint. It's really pretty. We'll put a picture up on the Instagram page. I mean, I feel like the title is pretty indicative of what you what you think the book will be about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess it sounds a little, it's kind of smack dab between Practical Patty and Woo Woo. yeah. yeah. Um, now you've tried to put this into practice. Yes, uh-huh. I did. I did a full day of this. That's amazing. Is there anything that you hated about the book? Um, yeah, the, the sentimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, she gets really intense with telling you exactly like how and where to do things. And mm. I don't agree with all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's fold your clothes the way you want to fold your clothes. However, that works for you kind of a thing. Um, the sentimental stuff is mm-hmm. rough mm-hmm. because I have something I'll never get rid of is, you know, I'm really glad that I have so many items with my dad's handwriting on it because yeah. I'm never going to get a birthday card from him again. Yeah. I'm really glad I saved those. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so her being like, it filled its purpose, move on, you know, whatever. I, that is the thing that's hardest for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I had resonate. a ton of resistance to that. Well, I do think it's interesting. And now we live in this digital world where every Think of, I have like 30,000 photos on my iPhone. Yeah. Half of those are probably just of like where my car is parked so that I remember. But but it's like we never, how do you declutter that? I don't know. Anyway, the, um, the sentimental stuff I found to be the hardest yeah. as I think it will be for a lot of people. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, and also people just attach meaning to objects. Yeah. You know, um, what? who do you think this book is perfect for and who do you think it's terrible for? I think this book is perfect for type A personalities Mm -hmm. who want a super structured routine Mm -hmm. of um, tackling things in their home. I think this book is great for people like me who felt like I'm tidying all the time Mm -hmm. and clutter's coming back every freaking day. And anybody who's just maybe questioning why they have so many possessions Mm -hmm. and and what's going on there. I think this book... um, is not good for people who love capitalism. <laughs> Which a ton of people do. Yeah. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. Yeah. Um, is there a challenge that you'd like to give me from this book? Yeah. So Okay, hold on, I gotta I just wanna uh, do I wanna do a tiny one for yeah, you. Yeah, okay, great. And uh we're just gonna do one category. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I found surprisingly Hard to go through. Mm-hmm. If you tell me to rinse off my shampoo and conditioner bottles and put them back in a cabinet, I'm no longer friends with you. Then I guess we're not friends. <laughs> no, no, no. What I want you to do is take all of the makeup in your house. Mm. Just makeup. So this is a tiny subcategory of miscellany, yes, right? Yes. 
Because I don't know about you, but like when you get like a free Lancome gift set or that Clinique moisturizer or this, or like, yes. So I I think a lot of women have, and it's shoved down in purses, it's shoved in different weird things. Oh my God, I want to do this. Yes. I just want you to take your makeup, Mm -hmm. put it all in one place Mm -hmm. and don't look at the things and be like, like hold everything in your hand, decide what brings you joy and what doesn't. And let me know how much stuff you keep. I love it. And let me know how much easier it is to sort through your makeup bag after you've gotten rid of all the shit you don't use. I'm definitely going to do that. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Well, the life-changing magic of tidying up. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, to end on like a a positive note, I know sometimes we do quotes. Sometimes we just chat about what's making us feel good. I remembered a poem Mm. that uh, uh, we used to – I was in like a YMCA. It was called Leaders Group Mm -hmm. when I was in middle school um, in my little small Florida town. And it popped into my head the other day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to say it on on air and um, see if it resonates for anybody. I love it. So it's called At Day's End. Oh. Mm. At Day's End. Is anybody happier because you passed his way? Does anyone remember that you spoke to him today? The day is almost over, and its toiling time is through. Is there anyone to mutter now a kindly word of you? Can you say tonight in parting, with the day that's slipping fast, that you've helped a single brother of the many that have passed? Is a single heart rejoicing over what you did or said? Does the man whose hopes were fading now with courage look ahead? Did you waste a day or lose it? Was it well or sorely spent? Did you leave a trail of kindness or a scar of discontent? As you close your eyes in slumber, do you think that God will say, you've earned one more tomorrow with the work you did today? Wow, I'm so impressed you remember that. We had to memorize it and say it every meeting, so thank you so much. It lives in the part of my brain where song lyrics live. I get that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Also, so much responsibility putting on middle schoolers. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you earn another day on this planet? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I read a self-help book, so I'd say yeah. Okay, well, I say yeah. <laughs> Misty, as always, I love, love, love listening to you tell me about a self-help book <laughs> and letting me challenge you and giving me space to challenge you. Yes, yes. And we want, if there, uh, for yeah. everybody who's listening, if there are specific books you want us to cover, yes. we are open and taking Please. suggestions um, anything that helped you, mm-hmm. made you feel terrible, yeah. <laughs> was a disaster. If you think that if you if it resonates with you, if you have parents who are of the depression age, please let us know. If yeah. you think that Kanmari changed your life and you really did feel like your entire being was lifted, right, right. let us know. Right. Or or if you have any tricks and tips about mm-hmm. like getting this stuff in order, because it's a big it's your house. It's where you spend the most time, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know. So that's it. Um, And as always, guys, life is abundant. abundant. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.